Today I want to take a, a part of a verse from Jeremiah 37:17. The title of the message today, Is There a Word from the Lord? You know, I watch the news uh, every night, I guess you do. I read the newspaper every morning. I feel like as we try and analyze what's going on in our world, we really need every day a word from the Lord. Is there a word from the Lord? I believe there is. I believe if we're reading our Bible daily, we're finding a word there. I believe the Holy Spirit guides and directs our hearts and our lives, our minds, our souls, and helps us to understand what His will and His way would be for each and every one of us. Memorial Day is a federal holiday. As you know, it's celebrated on the last Monday of May. To honor the men and women that have died while serving in the military. After the Civil War, America's need for a patriotic ceremony to honor its military dead became prominent. As monuments to fallen soldiers were erected and dedicated. They were all over the country. Now there are a bunch of people that want to tear them down. Is there a word from the Lord? I think there is. I think they're doing the wrong thing. You know, we want to honor those folks that gave their lives for our country. We don't want to tear down the statues that give honor to them. After World War I, the day expanded to honor those who have died in all of the American wars. In 1971... Memorial Day became a national holiday uh, by the vote of Congress. Many people confuse Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Memorial Day is a day for remembering and honoring military personnel who died in the service of their country, particularly those who died on the battlefield or those that died as a result of wounds sustained in battle. Veterans Day is the day set aside to thank and honor all those that served in wartime or in peacetime, whether they died or survived. Veterans Day is always observed officially on November the 11th. Today, nothing could be more appropriate than to ask, Is there a word from the Lord? Our early founding fathers took as one of their watchwords a slogan that is still emblazed upon our coinage. It says, in God we trust. That's a good word from the Lord that he wants us to see every day. Is our trust in God? If it is, then certainly we can hear a word from him. As Christians, we are not hoodwinked by easygoing skepticism or agnosticism or atheism. In our day, insist that God is a relic of the past. All of those isms ought to be wasms. Uh, we don't, uh, we don't need those. 
Some would say that we really, really needed God in 1776 when our nation came to be. And they say, well, you know, now we can kind of handle everything by ourselves. Now we've got it all figured out. Now we know what to do. We don't need God anymore. You know, I noticed in the Old Testament when the children of God told God, basically, we, we know how to do this now. And they went out and did their own thing. We know the result of that. It didn't go well. We know in the New Testament when the disciples basically told Jesus, we know how to do this. We can do this. Everything will be all right. And they went out and made a number of mistakes because they didn't follow exactly what the Lord had for them to do. Well, you know, we we think about this. We think about uh, what uh, the Lord wants us to do. And I think there's a new message for us every day. I really do. There are things that happen to us along the way, maybe before lunch, at lunch, after lunch, at supper maybe with our family, later on in some kind of a fellowship together with other believers or folks that aren't believers. There's a word from the Lord for us, and that is to represent him in the marketplace of today. I think we ought to see clearly today that men have always, always felt the need for God. And they still do in this hour if they would just listen to the message that God has for them. Many years ago, King Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah to come to the palace. Jeremiah was in jail at that time. And so the king sent down some guards to get him and to bring him up secretly because he seemingly was in, was gifted with an ability to hear from the Lord, to understand dreams, to be able to deal with things that other uh, theologians couldn't handle. So he asked that Jeremiah be brought up to the palace, and he was. And as soon as he came into the room, the king asked Jeremiah, is there any recent message from the Lord? Yes, said Jeremiah, there is. You shall be defeated by the king of Babylon. Well, that obviously was not the message that he wanted. But Jeremiah had been right on all of those other things. And so this, of course, brought great concern. And he had reason for great concern. As you read ahead, you find out that his sons were murdered before him. It was horrible. The judgment fell on that family and that nation. God does not always give us the message that we want. That comes to all of us when we're in the hospital and the doctor comes in and says this and that and it's not good. That's not the message we wanted. Well, what do we do with the message that we don't want? We try and translate it into the message that God is trying to give to us. We try to appropriate it into our lives for our daily walk. We try as best we can to understand 
and then respond in a godly way, even if the news is not good. Maybe there's a wonderful lesson there that God has for us, and we can learn from the Word of God, from the Holy Spirit of God that comes to bring us the message of that day. God doesn't always give us a word that we want, but God is always with us. He's always right there with us. He always loves us. He always wants to hold us in the hollow of his hand. He has that desire for every single person that's here this morning. For every person that will be seeing this on the internet. For every single person that is alerted to what's uh, being said by the CDs that we send out to a lot of different folks. Turn your life over to him and continue to call upon his name. That's what he wants you to do. Your destiny will be living with Jesus, having him in your heart. And then in heaven, your reward will be forever and ever. Years and years ago, President Reagan gave a speech on Memorial Day honoring what had happened and what was happening at the Arlington National Cemetery in 1986. He got up and gave a speech, and many of the commentators said it was the best speech he ever gave. I wanted this morning on this special day to read excerpts from that uh, speech because it was moving. Today is the day we put aside to remember fallen heroes and to pray that no heroes will ever have to die for us again. It's a day of thanks for the valor of others, a day to remember the splendor of America and those of her children who rest in this cemetery and others. I was thinking this morning that across the country, children and their parents will be going to perhaps a town parade today, and the young ones will sit on the sidewalks and wave their flags as the band goes by. Later, maybe, they'll have a cookout or a day at the beach, and that's good, because today is a day to be with the family and to remember some important things. Arlington, this place of so many memories, is a fitting place for some remembering. And so many wonderful men and women rest here. Men and women who led colorful, vivid, passionate lives. There are the greats of the military, Bull Halsey, and the admirals, Leahy, father and son. Black Jack Pershing, and the G.I.'s General, Omar Bradley. Great men all, military men. Here in Arlington rests a sharecropper's son who became a hero to a lonely people. Joe Lewis came from nowhere, but he knew how to fight, and he galvanized a nation in the days after Pearl Harbor when he put on the uniform of his country and said, I know that we're going to win because God is on our side. Audie Murphy's here. 
Audie Murphy of the wild, wild courage. For what else would you call it when a man bounds to the top of a disabled tank and stops an enemy advance, saves lives, rallies his men, and all of it single-handedly? When he radioed for artillery support and was asked how close the enemy was to his position, he said, Wait a minute, I'll let you speak to them. (laughs) Michael Smith is here, and Dick Scobie is here, both of the Space Shuttle Challenger. Their courage wasn't wild, but thoughtful. The mature and the measured courage of career professionals who took prudent risk for great reward. In their case, to advance the sum total of knowledge in the world. They're only the latest to rest here. They join other great explorers with names like Grissom and Chafee. Oliver Wendell Holmes is here. The great jurist and fighter for the right. A poet searching for an image of true majesty could not rest until he seized on Holmes dissenting in a sordid age. Young Holmes served in the Civil War. He might have been thinking of the crosses and the stars of Arlington when he wrote, At the grave of a hero we end, not with sorrow at the inevitable loss, but with the contagion of his courage. All of these men were different, but they shared this in common. They loved America very, very much. There was nothing they wouldn't do for her, and they loved with the sureness of the young. It's hard not to think of the young in a place like this, for it's the young who do the fighting and the dying when the peace fails and the war begins. Not far from here is the statue of the three servicemen, three fighting boys of Vietnam. It, too, has majesty and more. Perhaps you've seen it. Three rough boys walking together, looking ahead with a steady glaze. There's something wounded about them. A kind of resigned toughness. But there's an unexpected tenderness too. At first you don't really notice. But then you see it. The three are touching each other. As if they're supporting each other. Helping each other on. I know that many veterans of Vietnam will gather today. Some of them perhaps by the wall. And they're still helping each other on. They were quite a group, the boys of Vietnam, boys who fought a terrible and vicious war without enough support from home, boys who were dodging bullets while we debated the efficacy of the battle. It was often our poor who fought in that war. It was the unpampered boys of the working class who picked up the rifles And went on in the march. They learned not to rely on us. They learned to rely on each other. 
And they were special in another way. They chose to be faithful. They chose to reject the fashionable skepticism of their time. They chose to believe and answer the call of duty. They had the wild, wild courage of youth. They seized certainty from the heart of an ambivalent age. They stood for something. And we owe them something, those boys. We owe them first a promise that just as they did not forget their missing comrades, neither ever will we. And there's other promises. We always will remember that peace is a fragile thing that needs constant vigilance. We owe them a promise to look at the world with a steady gaze and perhaps a resigned toughness, knowing that we have adversaries in the world and challenges. And the only way to meet them and maintain the peace is by staying strong. That, of course, is the lesson of this century. A lesson learned in Poland, in Hungary, in Czechoslovakia, in Cambodia. If we really care about peace, we must stay strong. If we really care about peace, we must, through our strength, demonstrate our unwillingness to accept an ending of the peace. We must be strong enough to create peace where it does not exist and strong enough to protect it where it does. That's the lesson of this century, I think, of this day. And that's really all I wanted to say. The rest of my contribution is to leave this great place to its peace, a peace that it has earned. Thank all of you, and God bless you. What a speech. What a speech. He was on key that day. Well, is there a word from the Lord today? Yes, there, there is. There's a word for each one of us. That we are to stand for justice. We are to stand for honor. And we are to stand for Jesus. We get the word through the Bible. Some people say, well, you know, God's never said anything to me. I've never, I don't know if he's a bass or a baritone or a tenor. I, I've never heard from God. Well, you open his word and you'll get a message from him. There's a message on every page. There's a message for you. A message that will help you to grow in strength, in mind, in heart, and soul. We get the word through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God directs our heart in so many ways. Encourages us to take the right stands and to move away from that which is wrong. We have not and will not win every battle. We all know that. We were around when we lost a few. But it's very, very important whose side we are on. 
You know, when the battle is fought in the family or in the neighborhood or in the state or in the nation, it's very important whose side you're on. We want to stand with the righteous. We want to stand with the good. We want to stand with the godly. For that's what God has called us to do. Yes, there is a word from the Lord. And it's a word for us. I want to remember for all eternity that I stood with God's family. Don't you want to do that? I stood with God's family and let him hold me in the hollow of his hand. I know that's what you want to do. That's what I want to do. We've got to convince millions of other people that's what they ought to do. That's really the the message that the Lord wants each one of us to hear. Do you have courage to stand for him today? Today. Don't just stand around with the warm grip of complacency. Take the Lord's hand and let him lead you. Maybe there's one or two or ten today that are in the house that have thought about it, prayed about it. And you'd like to trust in Christ as your Lord and your Savior. That's where it all begins. I mean, if you don't build that foundation, you don't have anything. You've got to have that foundation to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then you build on that, the second floor, the third floor, on up. The foundation has to be there. If you're here this morning and you've never made a public profession of your faith in Christ, then today would be a great, great day to do it. If you're here, you need a church home, you know that you do, you've been visiting around, you've been thinking about it, praying about it, I want to promise you something. If you join here, you'll be in a church where we'll love you and the Word of God will be preached. And we'll be doing all that we can do to support the word that the Lord gives us. I'm going to stand right down here at the front. We're going to sing a hymn. If the Lord leads you, you just slip out and slip forward and come and take a stand for Jesus. He certainly took a stand for you. Let's stand together as we sing.